0: Today, we're speaking with Josie Haynes. Hey, Josie, how are you?
1: I'm great. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about what you're working on. Josie Haynes is appropriately the CEO and founder of Josie Haynes Consulting. They are an executive coaching solution for engineering leaders who want to learn how to use empathetic management principles and inclusive culture building to retain their top talent and build happier more motivated teams. She has an extensive history as a software engineer and a leader in the DEI space. And we'll talk about all of that in a second. But before we get there, Josie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career.
1: Oh, yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been in the tech industry for over 22 years now. I started my career as a technical consultant for PricewaterhouseCoopers and then moved out to California after I basically fell in love with the Bay Area during the middle of the dot com boom. So, got a job as a web developer in my effort and non now a very much defunct dot uh, com startup, and started uh, in February of 2000, and uh, worked as an engineer for the first 10 years, including uh, working at Sun Microsystems on the Java download infrastructure, and then in 2010 I joined Zynga, which is a gaming company still still around. They're the makers of. Uh, games like farmville and cityville that filled up your Facebook feeds (laughs) back in the day. I I
0: remember (laughs) I remember I was working in digital advertising and I remember everyone wanted to talk to Zynga about how they could get their brands placed in Farmville.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I joined Zynga the week we decided to take on Facebook, which was a very interesting week to join the company. Yeah. So the um, Facebook had just started charging the 30% that it charges for transactions on the platform. And so Zynga was upset by that. And so, I joined the week. We actually ended up building our own social network in two weeks. Obviously didn't go down that route, but really the entire company built a social network in two weeks, which is fascinating. Uh, Very interesting way to start a company. (laughs) I will never forget my first day, honestly. Um, (laughs) And and my career took off at Zynga. I actually helped get us a couple million dollar revenue days on Cafe World, um, ended up being the first engineer Engineer on a game called Chefville, which was a sequel to Cafe World, and helped design the storage service that became the central storage service for all Zynga games. Um, and then eventually became director of engineering for Chefville, and then became director of engineering for our ads, which had billions of uh, requests per yeah, day.
0: Absolutely.
1: And then after Zynga, I ended up at Apple actually. Um, And there I worked on Siri Media, Music and Sports. So worked on Siri Music during the development of the HomePod. We actually added over 30 new requests to types of music requests to Siri, including being able to say, no, the other one, if you want to have another song by the same artist. And we actually won a technical Emmy for the integration of Siri on Apple TV that my team worked on. Cool. Now, here's something that tended to happen on a way too common basis when I was at Apple. Me and my male product manager would walk into a meeting room together. And everyone always would assume and say, oh, hey, Josie, hey, Turhan, wonderful to meet you. Turhan, can you tell us about the engineering schedule? Everyone always assumed he was the engineer and mm-hmm. I was the project manager. and. I got burnt out and to the point I actually had somebody email me an apology letter about this one time. And so that's just one example of all of the little things that basically had me leave Apple and almost leave tech entirely. I call it death by a thousand paper cuts, right? It's, it's the sum of all of the little things that happen on a day to day basis. And so uh, January, 2018, I thought I was going to leave tech. I thought Mm -hmm. I was done, I was fed up, I I was going through my own imposter syndrome that I wasn't a good manager because of what had gone on. And I realized something. If I walked away from the tech industry, I was gonna be walking away from having the ability to impact the future. Technology mm-hmm. is impacting our daily lives so much more now when I had first started this 22 years ago, but yet technology is not fully addressing the needs of women or underrepresented minorities. Right. Some examples, when Apple's health kit was first released, it didn't include support for periods or menstruation cycles that impacts what half the population here.
0: Yeah.
1: Google image search would sometimes recognize black men as and identify them as gorillas right like and there's the list goes on and on, these are these are a couple examples and so. I realized I had to come back to tech under my rules. And Mm -hmm. so in late 2018, I joined Tile, uh, which is a little Bluetooth key tracker. For those of you who don't know, here's a little Tile on uh, my AirPods, so I don't lose them. And I spoke to the CEO and I said, hey, if you want me to join Tile as your uh, platform engineering director, I wanna make sure diversity, equity and inclusion isn't service. I wanna start a mentoring program and I really wanna build an inclusive culture. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I promised my wife I'd make Tal the best place for women to work in the valley. And I have two daughters and two sisters, no brothers, no sons. And I really want to make this successful. And so I joined. And we built an amazing inclusive culture that I'm super proud of. I started that Great. mentoring program, which empowered seven folks to be able to switch roles within tile. And then, you know, finally became VP of engineering by proposing the fact that we should promote my boss to CTO and myself to VP so we can actually scale the engineering team in an inclusive and diverse way as well. And then I did that. We grew the team from 29 to 55 and four and a half months in the middle of COVID and still kept the inclusive culture. So super proud of what I did. But I realized one thing at that time, which was, I had a mission, which is I wanted to retain women in tech. 56% of us are leaving the industry after 10 to 20 years. And the number one reason is because of unfairness and lack Mm. of opportunity. And so I said, while I could do this one company at a time, that's not really going to fulfill my mission. And so that's when I decided I really wanted to be an executive coach for engineering leaders, focused on building these inclusive and high-performing teams so that we can finally move the needle because the engineering teams in tech tend to be the largest teams in most of these companies and yet have the least diversity and the least inclusion. And so my, my belief and my philosophy is that if I can get engineering leaders to be building more inclusive and diverse teams, that will finally change some of these things going on in tech.
0: That's amazing. And what an incredible career and certainly a very critical and important mission for your consulting solution. Tell me a little bit more about what you are up to right now at Josie Haynes Consulting
1: absolutely so uh, i i would do a couple of things my biggest package is obviously i do one-on-one executive coaching with engineering leaders and so there you know i work with them for six months and really help them on you know retaining their talent right right now a lot of us we're about to go into a recession we we need to be retaining our talent it costs Mm -hmm. $144,000 hundred and forty four thousand dollars on average to replace somebody in the tech industry and that's actually low for engineers so you know we're, we're talking a lot of potential money to that can be saved by focusing on building these inclusive cultures and so first is I' working with the uh, you know one-on-one with engineering leaders I also work with companies and help support them similarly I have a group coaching program for engineering leaders at corporations where I put a group through, you know, six months of thinking about how to build that inclusive environment and support them so they can actually take action on it. And I also do technical advising at the intersection of what I call technology and inclusion to help, you know, CEOs and founders Mm -hmm. and build products in an inclusive way. And so I'm excited to be, uh, I just started as the technical advisor for a company called Rib IoT, which is doing an asset tracking solution for the corporate space. And I'm also going to be starting up as the advisor for a company called Barraiser that helps build a structured interview solution for companies to hopefully help reduce some bias in the interview process.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting challenge. And I know that there's been a lot of media coverage about the inequities in tech over the last, I'd say, three to five years as people have been shining a brighter light on it. I mean, where are we, Josie? Are we making any progress? Are you feeling (laughs) or are we going backwards? What's going on?
1: So, unfortunately, with COVID, we did go backwards, right, and I think uh, there was this very interesting tweet that has been going around, screenshotted in the last couple of weeks, and it says, Hey, is everything going okay? I just wanted to check in on those 2020 DEI goals. Because if you remember when George Floyd uh, happened, a lot of companies created and went on social media and said, we're, we're, we're advocating for people of color. We're, we're going to make things better. We're going to do all of these things differently. And guess what? very little has changed. Yeah. And in fact, COVID really negatively impacted people of color and women. Um, you know, people of color were more likely to unfortunately get COVID and not have effective treatments for it, right? More yeah. women were feeling more of the burden of the house and were leaving, you know, their workplaces entirely. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's so much that needs to be done. And the thing that a lot of businesses don't realize is. It's cost-effective to focus on this, and it makes you a better business. So, mm-hmm. going back to that one hundred and forty-four thousand that I was mentioning per employee, well, when thirty-seven percent of your employees are leaving every year due to an equity, which is the statistic for the tech industry, mm-hmm. it actually is adding up to a sixteen billion-dollar cost to the tech industry every single year due to inequity the fascinating part of the statistic is 57% of the folks who leave say they would have stayed if their companies had actually addressed their concerns and built a more inclusive culture. And so this is why this is so important. And then, you know, I know this is a business, right? The the economics matter. Well, guess what? If you have an inclusive and diverse team, you're more likely to thrive in a recession. You if you have the that are in the top 25% for gender diversity in their exec teams have a 21% higher chance of profitability than their counterparts. And when you add, when you bring that to racial um, ethnic uh, diversity, that actually goes up to 33% higher likelihood of profitability. So it's not just a nice to have, like this actually could be making businesses more money. Mm -hmm. It's
0: really interesting. I hear those statistics and I believe them and we champion them here and what I do, but I am struggling to see why we're not seeing more change, you know, because it does seem to me that on some parts of the process, we see a lot of activity. I mean, we see a lot of activity in terms of girls getting involved in stem, right? So there's a lot of programs in the early ages that are moving forward. But it seems that there's this acute issue in the right here right now that you're highlighting. And you know, to hear that so many people are leaving the industry is really shocking actually. It's really shocking. I mean, what are companies doing to prevent that?
1: So, you know, working hopefully with folks like me to think about how yeah. do you retain their talent Well I mean I guess I should and... have said like of
0: course they need to work with you
1: Josie um, but apart
0: from that I mean it just seems to me you know that the folks at Google and Apple and Facebook are no slouches and they certainly look at the data of things they must be trying to do this
1: So that's no? the challenge is looking at the data um, yeah. because the data that's easiest to measure is the diversity data Right. And so it is where where we've seen the largest traction when it comes to the tech industry is on the hiring process. Right. Let's let's increase the number of women and underrepresented minorities are getting into the industry. So right. people focus on that. But the problem is, if you only focus on that part, you're not going to retain that talent because you right. haven't taken the time to create an inclusive culture where they can thrive. And so right. that goes back to those death by a thousand paper cuts, right? A lot of times people aren't intentionally, you know, doing this. A lot of times it comes from unconscious bias. Right. But if you don't have somebody Explicitly reminding you that these things can happen, and you've learned, hey, maybe I do need to slow down my thinking. And that's a whole skill set in and of itself, right? Is how are we building inclusive cultures, and how, as leaders, are we actually managing effectively and fairly? Because ultimately, we have one of the biggest impacts when it comes to inclusion. We are deciding what people get paid who gets promoted, what people work on, who gets to go on travel, who gets to show up to what meeting, you know, how inclusive our meetings are, how vulnerable people can be. And all of these things directly impact whether somebody feels like they can truly share and belong, right? Because belonging against the outcome we want, right? We want people to feel like their opinions are valued are being taken into account and are contributing to the greater good of the company and a lot of times because of unconscious bias and things like it's not like we're intentionally being bad people we're not but we need to slow down and understand hey there's a lot of things we need to think about especially from the leadership level to make sure we're really creating an environment for everyone
0: right well very well said josie and I'm hoping that things start to get better. And certainly as we enter kind of uncertain economic times, it does seem quite important to kind of keep some of these ideas at the top of mind as we move forward. But as you look forward, Josie, with um, let's say the next 18 months in mind, where do you think we might see some progress and what are some of the challenges that are really top of mind?
1: So, you know, I think a lot of folks right now are are freezing hiring, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling companies, you know what now is the perfect time to be doing is building that inclusive culture, thinking Mm -hmm. about the foundations for this, realizing this is a journey. It's not a you're not going to magically check a checkbox and become an inclusive and diverse team. right? right. And so take the next year where you might not be actively hiring to focus on the inclusion part, focus on leveling up your leaders. Guess what? people are motivated by three things once they get paid well enough. It's autonomy, mastery and purpose. Mm -hmm. And so please don't go cutting your learning and development budgets right now. Like that is how you're going to be retaining your talent for the next year. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I that's my hope. My hope is that companies will focus on, hey, let's start building more inclusive cultures and also realize, you know, the the new generation right they actually care about this stuff Mm -hmm. they want to see workplaces investing in DEI in creating inclusive benefits like you know Gen Z really cares about these things and so if you want to be you know once Once the economy gets better and you wanna be hiring a lot of young, eager talent, well, guess what? You need to be creating that environment that they're going to want to work in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Josie, I think everyone needs to know more about this. And I would say the key thing is to do way more than just know, and that is act. If someone wanted to learn more about what you're up to and where to find you, where's the best place to connect?
1: Absolutely. And yes, it is all about what I say is imperfect action. Allyship is a journey and it's a one where we're gonna make mistakes. I make mistakes even though I spend time researching this because I keep learning new things. And so that's what I truly want everyone to realize is allyship is a journey that you hop on and it's a willingness to say, hey, I messed up too. And so if you wanna learn more about me, the best place is to go on LinkedIn. Um, so check me out, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Josie Haynes on on LinkedIn, and I have a weekly LinkedIn Live um, okay. on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. where I, I cover interesting topics. Uh, my first couple were on uh, um, high-performing teams and what inclusion has to do, and last one was on uh, positive intelligence and how that can actually make us better leaders, and so be sure to check it out.
0: That's amazing. Josie Haynes, we've been speaking with Josie Haynes, who is the CEO and founder of Josie Haynes Consulting, which is an executive coaching solution for engineering leaders who want to learn more about how to use empathetic management principles and inclusive culture building to retain their top talent and build happier, more motivated teams. Thank you so much for being on on Cage Day, Josie, and we look forward to having you back.
1: It was great being here. Thanks for having me. Bye. Cheers.